episode 24 of Larry Dowdy Mike's Side, we continue with Where Are They Now? Our next guest, Vince Miller Wilkes, pumped gas at the age of nine at his family's grocery store in Bedford. He would later start a career behind the microphone, then move on to a successful career in photography. Today, he runs a tax and financial services business out of Salem, Virginia, which he's done since 2001. Vince, it's been a long time. Welcome to the Mike Side Podcast. How does it feel to be behind a microphone again? Well, thank you very much, Larry. As a matter of fact, I was thinking this morning that I'm not sure that I've been on a microphone uh, in years, uh, in certainly nothing like this. No, nobody has been interested at all in what's going on in, in my life. So uh, I, uh, I'm real pleased to, uh, to to be with you again after what 45 years. Yeah. Can you believe that? Well, no. Tell us a little bit about the early days. The family store. You and your brother Ray, I guess. Grew up uh, being part of. Right. Uh, I have a brother, Ray, and then I have two other brothers. I've got a younger brother about your age. Uh-huh. that uh, uh, His name is Emery, and then I've got another brother named Ralph who's 10 years older okay. than me. And uh, we all still live, uh, you know, within an hour sure, of, sure. of the store. Yeah, the store was uh, uh, a big thing in the community. It was one of those uh, general country stores. Well, and in Bedford, everybody knew of Wilkes Country Store. I, well, we thought so. I didn't realize <laughs> you knew that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was it was a place at one time, I believe, uh, it was a polling place. Sure. And uh, it was at a crossroads, so a lot of people used it as a carpooling meeting kind of place, you know, meet me at Wilkes Store. You know, and um, so I got a, a good opportunity to um, to meet a lot of diverse people, mm-hmm. and and uh, I learned how to talk to just about anybody about anything. Uh, it's it was also on a main road between Lynchburg and Roanoke, so there was a lot of traffic, tra- traveling salespeople, sure. things like that. You know, would come in and would have a couple of hours sometimes to stand around and just talk. (laughs) So, um, you know, I learned a lot about the outside world. I kind of felt sorry for my friends who lived on the back roads, the dirt roads that never saw a human being from, you know, June till sometime in September, you know. So, uh, but we were right in the middle of the the, the thriving pulse of Huddleston, Virginia. <laughs> so at what point did you decide radio was your career path? Oh, I think that was after I left radio. <laughs> but um, no, actually, I never had a thought about being a radio announcer uh, when I was young. I mean, everybody listened to the radio. Of course, we thought it was cool to be a DJ. Who, who didn't think it was cool to be a DJ? So I never envisioned myself doing it. I, I wanted to be a photographer from a very young age. So um, what happened when uh, I graduated high school, it was time to get out of there and move to the big city. And uh, uh, I enrolled in Virginia Western Community College. They had a radio and television production uh curriculum, mm-hmm. a two-year technical degree. And neat little program, actually. Um, but... I took that because it required a one semester of photography, and it also had TV cameras. And I said, well, if, if I can't use a still camera for a living, I'll maybe be a TV camera sure. operator, something like that. And the first day I went into that studio and I saw the console with all the knobs and switches and stuff, I just immediately in my mind, I just clicked. I said, well, this won't, won't work for me. I, I will never get into this business because I'll never figure out that console. And um, one thing led to another. They dragged me into the little college radio station, 
Uh, it was a little, just a small room with a audio board, and I was as nervous as I've ever been in my life, just broadcasting to what they used to call the Mackey Shacks. Do yeah. you know that name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, Mackey was a company that sold uh, snacks and whatever. Sure. They had vending machines and these little uh, prefab little, almost like classroom type things you see at schools sometimes. And, uh, and yeah, we had two speakers that... <laughs> <laughs> and we would play our favorite music to everybody in the Mackie Shack. And that led to a part-time job over the summer in Rocky Mount, wow. which uh, led to a part-time job, uh, a full-time job, actually, in Bedford. And um, and the rest of it, uh, you know, trying to get into Roanoke, you know, for doing that for two years uh, was kind of a struggle. I mean, sometimes you feel like the only man on earth when you sign a, a little AM daytimer on on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You never did that. You you started in the big time. But um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, you can really feel like a lonely guy. And, uh, you know, I, I, you listen to the big stations and say, hey, maybe I'll work there someday. And um, But... I uh, started meeting some of the people that worked in Roanoke Radio, mm-hmm. started showing up at the remotes. So that way you've got them trapped. They can't get away from you. <laughs> uh, I met Bart like that, Bart Prater. Right. Um, I walked into a uh, remote. He was doing at Lowe's when they had a store on Melrose Avenue. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it was Labor Day, 1974. I just happened to remember that. <laughs> and I was off from work in Bedford. And... Um, and we talked for a little while, and he said, yeah, he said, maybe I've heard of you. I'm not sure, because another guy from Bedford named Chuck Holloway, you remember oh, that yeah. name very yeah. well. Uh, he was working full-time at WROV at the time. Okay. And I claimed to know Chuck. You know, I said, yeah, Chuck and I are good friends, you know, <laughs> but I'd never met him. You know? And uh, Bart said, yeah, he said, uh, he said, he said yeah, I, said, he, he, I think he's mentioned you. <laughs> And so that uh, that led me to get enough nerve up to call Larry Bly uh, on the air one day and tell him that uh, he was actually leaving WROV. And I called him to say goodbye and told him I really enjoyed listening to him. Sure. And he invited me by the station, which is something that's kind of unheard of. But, he, he you know, I had no. But, you know, the fact I told him I was a big DJ in Bedford, <laughs> you know, so he uh, he let me come by. Rob O'Brady had just come to town, mm-hmm. and it was maybe his second or third day on the air. It was a Sunday afternoon, and he took over the evening shift. And um, uh, th- that day, you know, he came on the air after Larry. And um, I, later that night, I happened to run into Rob O'Brady down at the old King's Inn. <laughs> and I said, hey, I'm the guy that was at the radio station. So, you know, Rob knew in town, didn't know anybody. We kind of hit off a friendship. And uh, that's really what led me to get a part-time job on uh, WROV. And as a matter of fact, they told me you were leaving, mm-hmm. and um, you had already been there a while. Uh, Larry's a much older man than I am, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And um, so, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so anyhow, um, I uh, got a tape to Bart, sure. and uh, I was on the air. Uh, I think it was New Year's Eve. I was on the air in uh, 1974 in Bedford. One afternoon, and uh, uh, the the secretary would call for him and say, "Hold on for Bart Pretty." You remember Gum? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the secretary. Lynn Wright. Is that her name? Yeah, uh, I, I, I had forgotten that. And uh, anyhow, um, so Bart comes on. Yeah, I'm on the, fo- on the on the air, and I'm talking to Bart Prater on the phone. He's on the air at WROV, and he said, "Yeah, I think we can use you." Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I don't think I was a very good Bart Prater, but anyway, it was that gruff, you know, sure. voice. And um, and and I said, you 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 can use me for what? <laughs> and uh, 
so I started a couple of weeks later, part time. Did did it for years. Yeah. I worked five years uh, at WROE. Wow, what a great story! Now you had a chance to to leave the Quonset Hut at Fifteenth and Cleveland, mm-hmm. and a spot on the AM dial for this new station in January of nineteen eighty called K ninety two. Heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with all the excitement of K ninety two. Going up against such an established station like 1240 WROV, granted, we're talking AM versus FM. Did you have any reservations at the time? Mm. Am I making the right move? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Bart didn't want me to leave because he said these guys are going to flop just like uh, another (laughs) FM station in town had done several times. Did you remind Bart of that later on? Oh, yeah. When he joined oh, yeah, the staff yeah. at K92. Yeah, because I helped him get the job at K92. And I said, oh, so it worked out okay, huh? But um, anyhow, uh, yeah, I uh, I didn't know what to expect because I didn't know any of the people. I knew you and, and Bill Jordan. Actually, he's the one that tipped me off about the station coming. I hadn't heard about it. And I was on the air one night at WROV, and Bart, um, uh, Bill Jordan called me from Norfolk and uh, and said I'm coming back to Roanoke. I'm going to be on this new station K92. And I said, Oh yeah, tell me about it. So that's kind of how uh, how okay. it worked. But I believe he told me in that conversation that they weren't going to hire anybody from WROV. They didn't want that. Mm-hmm. They didn't want that branding, you know. So um, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how that all worked out. But oh yeah, Bart said, Are you going to be the only one of us that goes over there? You know, and uh, but he he said that he wouldn't hire anybody that was going to be on the air at K92 in the beginning to dispatch cabs midnight to six in Roanoke. (laughs) He put that in a memo to to Bert Levine, the owner of WROV, because he wanted, Bert wanted to turn the station to pop adult, you know, and Bart didn't want to do that. And uh, so he said, don't worry about these guys. We'll, we'll just wipe them up, you know, just like we have everybody else. And it just didn't turn out that way, you know? So, um, but I, I was ambivalent about it, but I mean, I had pretty much, I, I, that, I was working, I, I think I was back to part-time at uh, ROV then, mm-hmm. and uh, I was ready to go off to Ohio University to study photography. I had, I had basically had my bags packed, and uh, this job came along, and, and I uh, said, you know, I'll stay there about a year, yeah. save up a little money, and I'll go on up to Ohio, because my photography instructor at, at uh, Virginia Western uh, was going up there to get his master's mm-hmm. degree. And he wanted me to come up there, too. And he wound up going to work for National Geographic and getting a Pulitzer Prize, and I was playing Phil Collins records uh, back in Roanoke. So, uh, you know, I guess I... Uh, well, it worked out well. It worked out. Yeah, it worked out. I think he sells soap now. <laughs> but I'm not sure. Everything has changed in radio and photography. Well, you know, we had so much fun when K92 went on the air that New Year's Eve 1979. Uh, because you had a prior commitment, that being your other job, <laughs> right, right, and uh, you know, but we were talking about the fact that Vince Miller would be joining us <laughs> later on, and uh, yeah, sure enough, it, yeah. It, it was just so much fun from the standpoint. Of course, you were sandwiched in between David Lee and myself because mm-hmm. I was doing overnights, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, it was just a magical staff, a magical moment. Do you ever look at the Roanoker cover from September of 1980? Uh, <laughs> you, me, Bill Jordan, Russ Brown, John Barry, David Lee, dressed up 
like we were just beamed down to K-92. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, it popped up on my Facebook screen as one of those memory things yeah. this morning. And I said, I wonder if I could mention this to, uh, to Larry. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, in the opening line of your story in the Roanoke Magazine, you said sometimes you wonder what you'll be when you grow up. That's exactly right. I felt that way then, and, and I felt that way when I left K-92 in 1985. Mm -hmm. felt that way... Uh, even I mean I knew that I wanted to be a photographer and I did it for 28 years, but um, I knew that it wasn't going to be something I went into retirement doing. I mean weddings, you know, for goodness sake. I mean, it takes a little bit of physical stamina to do that. So, um, uh, and besides, the business started changing, and so I decided at about 40 years old to go back to college and uh, learn how to do um, accounting, and, mm -hmm. and that was kind of the family business. My my dad. Uh, ran the grocery store and he did the bookkeeping uh, there and you know so we saw him doing that he he had during World War II had, had been the bookkeeper for all the PX's in Guam Whoa. <laughs> and uh, and he didn't he didn't call them PX's he called them post exchange uh -huh. uh, so anyway my oldest brother I mentioned to you a moment ago uh, Ralph he he actually became a, an accountant at about 30 years old, mm -hmm. and he was the city treasurer of Bedford before that. And uh, and then he started his own tax. He worked for the Virginia Department of Taxation. and he So, you know, it's not like it just came out of nowhere. I sure. mean, it, it was a natural progression for me. So along the way, uh, apparently you found a, a love for small business. Mm-hmm and uh, a desire to help them be successful. That well, right? that's, that's exactly right. I, I, uh, having grown up in a small business, uh -huh. and um, I'm a big believer in entrepreneurship. I mean, every, every great idea that we all live with every day started with one guy, one girl, or whatever, in a garage somewhere. Yeah. That, that little small computer that we're broadcasting over now, you know, somebody had that idea in a garage, sure. right? You know, yeah, you know yeah. the story, right? right? Yeah. Uh, I think so. And um, so so anyway, that's so I, I'm a big believer in, in, in taking a, an idea like that and trying to make a living at it. And um, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But I mean, where would we be if uh, Henry Ford hadn't decided he wanted to build a horseless carriage in his garage? <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, I mean, and, and so many people that go into business are naive about the the taxes, the business procedures and stuff. So it's a whole industry of keeping those people on track. Is that part of the problem with small business owners that they they almost lose their focus of what they know best? Well, it, what happens a lot of times is they 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 know how to do what they do. Mm -hmm. They know how to make the donuts or whatever, but they don't know how to market. They don't know how to. Uh, they don't know how to fill out the taxes and all the things you have to do. Hiring and firing is is one of the, the employee relations is is one of the toughest parts of all. And um, so you do need counseling when it comes to that. You have to have somebody that knows how to do that. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, a proverb almost of somebody that was a genius at something but couldn't do the business part of it. Sure. Vince Miller-Wilkes is with us on uh, Larry Dowdy Mike's side today. To date, what would you say is your greatest achievement? 
My greatest achievement is having those two young boys that I have. I've got an 18 and a 20 year old, and um, they're um, they were born when I was later in life. I mean, 46 and 48 when they were born. So the younger one just graduated high school, and I'll be 67 in a couple of days. So um, I'm really older than Lair, by the I, way. I was just going to say, <laughs> didn't you just say a moment ago that I was the older one? No, no, you're I, no, you're several years younger. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, that changed everything for me being a father uh, I think that if I'd done nothing else but been a father I would have been fine as a matter of fact I was a stay-at-home dad for for right. a few months okay. yeah, yeah and enjoyed it did a fine job at it so, good for you but my uh, my younger one just graduated high school I have a, a son that's a rising junior at Tech mm-hmm. and um, yeah well, enjoy my life enjoy my life do you miss the fun behind the microphone today Sometimes I'm having fun now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, as a matter of fact, uh, over the years, you know, uh, well, I went back to K92 a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, once uh, in, in the, uh, it was, I guess it was the um, uh, late 80s, I, I went ba- back and, and did some part time work or whatever. Um, no, it, <laughs> I don't remember. Late 90s. Early 90s, and I went back as a salesman and did some part-time on-the-air stuff. I had a show called Totally 80s. Uh-huh. It was recorded. Sure. And um, But I actually, back in around 92 or so, I actually uh, went back on and worked part-time when uh, Russ Brown and David Lee Michaels had come back. You know, So uh, I guess they were trying to get the old geezers back together. <laughs> but, um, but anyhow, uh, recently uh, there's been kind of a running joke between one of my friends and I his name is Deet Reed. You probably, oh, yeah, you know, Deet. yeah, he's a local celebrity, a musician, actor, whatnot. He does everything. He does everything, but be funny. And um, <laughs> so he wants to, uh, he wants to do a, a, a radio show with me. He says he does. I don't know if he's kidding or not. But every time I try to be funny on Facebook or something, he'll say, "I'll do that show alone." Thank you very much, Mr. <laughs> Prince. You know, so I don't know if he means it or not, but I don't. I wouldn't have any idea where to be. Well, there's plenty of room in the podcast business, so (laughs) Uh, feel free to jump in. (laughs) Can you make a buck out of it? That's what I want to know. Is there something about Vince Miller Wilkes that folks should know or they don't know about you? Uh, Well, you know, I would like for people to think um, about me, uh, you know, um, and you will remember this, that you know, I was seen as kind of a class clown at one time. You know, and uh, and and I, I really find it difficult. Uh, I found it difficult to be taken seriously uh, when I was working at K and I too. You know, I had had the blonde hair and blue eyes, but sure. you do too. But but they took you seriously. I don't know why they didn't. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was seen kind of as a giggly kid, you know, and whatnot. And uh, I would like for people to know that I have matured and grown up now, and I'm a responsible adult. <laughs> Because luckily they didn't have cell phones and cameras back in the eighties. <laughs> so looking at where you are today, mm. how have things changed career-wise? I mean, this is—you uh, you talked about it, it's almost like uh, it's in family blood. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, look where you are today with this yeah. business. Well, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, I've—I started uh, my business. I worked for other people from 2000 or so into about 2006, started my own business, Mm -hmm. started out as a payroll service, and uh, then got into taxes a little later. And uh, you kind of build on it. You know, I I, uh, I 
got into financial services about 10 years ago, got licensed as a financial advisor and all that. And um, now what I do, uh, we talked about business a little bit, but I'm backing off from business. I still have some business clients, but I'm not promoting it as much. What I do now is uh, retirement services. I mean, I'm actually... I, having gone on Medicare and Social Security and stuff myself and been through the process, I know how difficult it can be. And so um, I now kind of counsel people through that. Yeah. So, you know, how to maximize your Social Security, uh, all the Medicare stuff and the Medicare supplemental stuff. You'll find this out eventually. Oh, I, I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm, I've, I've gone through it. I know exactly what you're okay. saying. I mean, it's bigger than life and scary. Oh, yeah. So um, I've... I've actually uh, been working uh, for the last uh, three years, I believe, on uh, learning more about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually uh, offer Medicare supplements now, long-term care insurance uh, and all that, because most of my clients are Mm 50-plus, most of my tax Mm -hmm. clients. So now I can kind of be a one-stop shop. They they come in, they can get their, their Medicare and Social Security advice here. And uh, if they have 401ks that they need to roll over, I uh, am licensed to help them with annuities and things mm-hmm. like that. So I'm trying to turn it into that kind of a thing to a, to a financial services uh, uh, who does taxes rather than a tax guy that does a little bit of financial <laughs> services. So so I'm evolving. You have to keep you have sure. to keep moving, and that's another thing about small businesses that you have to keep adapting. <laughs> you know. So um, do you ever stop and look back and go? wow, uh, I started pumping gas, and then from there I moved on to uh, radio, mm-hmm. uh, moved into photography, mm-hmm. and now look where you are today. <laughs> it is, it's been a ride. But, you know, um, it's funny um, that I did all the fun stuff early on and then got serious about a job later. A lot of people do uh, this kind of work that I'm doing now. Uh, early on and fantasize about being something else, you know, and then they retire and go and do that, uh, you know, they'll be a photographer, you know, go and do wildlife photography or whatever. I did it all backwards, that's all. I did the fun <laughs> stuff first when I was young, and now that, uh, that I'm mature and uh, think differently, uh, I, I can think in terms of taxation yeah. and uh, financial services. So, uh, but I still take pictures. Sure. Uh, still. I, I uh, really enjoy in this podcast that uh, we need to set up one every now and then I think uh, you know we'll talk financial services <laughs> you, you, yeah. hey, the like expert. I say there is there's plenty of room out there in the podcast yeah. world is there anything you wish you had done um well yeah I wish I had gone to college earlier mm-hmm. and um and finished up and done that gotten that out of the way but you know, if it works out, it works out. Your life just goes the way that it goes. Uh, and you can't predict what things are going to be like uh, later. So, you know, it, if it works out in the end, it worked out. And so, but yeah, I, I did regret for many years that I did not pursue that thing at Ohio University and follow my friend to National Geographic and play big time photography. But I did get White House press credentials, and, um, and and I was able to photograph President Bush on several occasions. And um, so, I mean, I was up there rubbing elbows with all the White House press photographers that I saw on TV. And um, I was one of those guys that sits in the floor, you know, below the podium. And um, so I got, I got to do that for a while. So at that point, that's when I realized, I said, wait, you made it? 
you're a photographer. You're photographing the president. So, so I'm pretty satisfied with everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, wish I'd started saving for retirement earlier, <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you got the first dollar you ever made though. So. <laughs> no, I can't say I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, don't but, have, I don't even have the first dime I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> but you retired early, so you're you're. Uh, but I want to commend you on sticking with that business forty-seven years because I did it for a total of about tw- twelve or fifteen. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, I guess by the time you count on all the part-time stuff and everything, yeah, yeah. but uh, it seemed like a long time to me. But you did it did it three well, times longer. It uh, a lot changed, and for the most part, it changed for the better. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a few little tweaks along the way that could have been differently, but you know it, it, it it's been fun. Well, I mean, you were able to uh, to do it longer than I think anybody. Well, David Lee is still on the air. Yeah, David Lee is still doing still middays at Star but Country. You didn't do anything. You didn't stop and do anything else. You did radio all the way through the forty-seven. Yeah. Well, years. Well, I had five and a half years. I did television. Oh which yeah. Well, reminds, that's thing. one thing you didn't do, right? Oh well, I actually tried out for PM Magazine. <laughs> you remember PM Magazine? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I uh, can't remember. He's a guy named Tim Holland. Do you okay, remember that yeah, name? Yeah, He was a salesman at, at, at Channel Seven, mm-hmm. and uh, we were out at dinner one night, uh, and uh, he uh, he and his he, he I guess he had a we were, it was about six of us at a sure. table, and uh, he said, "Hey, there's a new show coming on that you should." Uh, that you should uh, try out for, and I said, "Yeah, what's that?" And he said, "Yeah, well, you told me all about it." Yeah, and he said, yeah. "He said they don't, they they want some younger people, you know, whatever." And and I actually went and auditioned for it twice, uh-huh. and uh, I heard that I was really close to getting wow. it. Wow! But um, uh, they they hired this other guy, and uh, but the. I don't know if it was true or not, but there was a girl named Nancy Christopher who was the hostess, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. and she and I looked like Donnie and Marie together <laughs> because I mean I had the blonde hair and I was, yeah, and so that uh, was what I was told. They said, "Well, that's what knocked you out of it because they hired Nancy, and she, you look too much like her." <laughs> well, and, and just looking at it this way, uh, later on you probably would have been bumped by Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy. Uh, yeah, so. that's true. So uh, who knows what would have happened in that? But uh, well, television was scary for me, though, because yeah. I like the radio part of being uh, you're hidden. I mean, you, you can be a nervous wreck on the radio and nobody really knows it, you know, because they don't see you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, especially now with high definition stuff. You know, they get right up in your face, and you see these guys. You know, you can count the pores on their nose, and, and I don't want—I don't want to be inspected that that closely. I really don't. And so, uh, but I remember some of the—I really liked Channel Seven and a lot of people over there, and I knew some people at Ten as well. But uh, but George Bassett told me um, he said, "You don't want to do this, believe me." He said, "You don't want." To. And Polly Ayers, remember Polly yeah, Ayers? Yeah, yeah. And she was a sweetheart. I mean, she she said. I said, I said I, I'm here to audition. You know, she came out in the lobby and saw mm-hmm. me sitting there. and said, "What are you doing here?" I said, "I'm I'm going to audition for PM Magazine. I don't know if I can do it or not, Polly. I don't know." She she said, "Well," and she uses words that you don't say everywhere. <laughs> she said, "Well, you can uh, you can chew chew and go and walk at the same time, can't you?" <laughs> <laughs> he can do television, you know. But um, anyway, and and later on, they actually uh, called me back um, and asked me to uh, audition for a yeah. photography segment, uh, you know, okay. to where you know, and Ed Cabin has got that job, so. Um, 
uh, it uh, <laughs> it radio uh, radio was I had the face for radio. Uh, well, I think yeah. you would have been great for television. Well, but, I appreciate uh, that. But uh, radio appreciates what you did too. Mm-hmm. So, if anyone listening to the podcast uh, heard something of interest today regarding where you are today, mm-hmm. business wise, do you have a website? I sure do. It's VinceWilkesTax.com. And um, it's um, it's got a lot of information on there, but mainly um, it's just you know so people have a place to go and and see the operation. But um, the best thing to do is just to give me a call, and I think the phone number is on there. But I'll be happy to give it out. It's five four zero three seven five four one six five, and. Um, so you can uh, email me at vincewilks at gmail.com. Uh, so uh, everybody has uh, a, a few questions about stuff like that. I love to talk about it. Sometimes I'll talk about it too long. So, uh, <laughs> uh, But anyhow, uh, I'd be more than happy to, to discuss it with anybody. Yeah. Vince Miller-Wilks, thank you for being on Where Are They Now? You've, you've accomplished a great deal since uh, your days growing up in Bedford pumping gas at the age of nine. And gas wasn't $3 a gallon then, right? No, as a matter of fact, it got down to about 22 cents when I was in high school. <laughs> they used to have gas wars, but... Uh, but that that is yeah we actually did we pumped the gas, uh, wiped the windshield down you know check the oil check the air of the tires we'd do whatever it took you know these days, you know you're lucky if uh, if, yeah. if somebody will even give you change. You know, you <laughs> well, know that, just just like your early days, you've had a full service career. <laughs> well, I guess you could say that. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you being on this episode, episode 24 of Larry Dowdy Mike's side. Well, thank you, Larry. It's been great being here. We appreciate you listening to episode 24. of of Larry Dowdy Mike Side with Vince Miller Wilkes. If you like Mike Side, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to share this podcast with everyone you know. There's a new one every other week. I hope you'll join me next time for Larry Dowdy Mike Side. See you then.